Welcome to the special edition with the Cards of Qatar. As long-term followers of the pod will know, as a pod we made a conscious effort to highlight the stories of migrant workers who tragically died for their involvement in the Qatar World Cup. We are delighted to say that we are joined by co-founder of Cards of Qatar, Britt Staxton, to discuss their work and understand what the legacy of Qatar is. We hope you enjoy the episode and we would encourage you to share this where possible. For now, enjoy our final World Cup edition podcast. Hello and welcome to this special edition podcast for the Anglo-Italian podcast. My name is Adam and I'm delighted to say that we are joined by the Cards of Qatar, but no other than the co-finder that is Britt Staxton. So Britt, delighted to have you on this special episode. Before we start, how are you keeping? Just fine. Uh, It's been a... a, um... Uh, exceptional month where we have mm. been able to discuss important issues yeah. um, and um, today uh, also Christmas is coming up so we are looking forward to a week where we actually can sum up what really happened because it's just mm. whoa it just happened yes <laughs> exactly exactly so let's start off by talking about the cards of Qatar how did it come about and what made you pursue it well, first of all, um, it's important to, that I um, uh, make, uh, make sure to say that I'm the co-founder of Blank Spot, that is an um, investigative journalism platform that I uh, founded together with Martin Shibi, who is a journalist. I myself am specialized in communication. Um, and now, seven years later, I, of course, also see myself as a journalist, but I do quite different journalism than, mm. the, than the kind you find on Cards of Qatar. So, uh, but what we wanted to do is that for three years ago, we were thinking about how should we raise awareness and talk about mm. migrant workers in general. So that was some, because we are a... Um, investigative uh, journalism platform uh, focused on we write a lot about the development in uh, the, of democracy in, for example in the regions of uh, Ethiopia and Eritrea mm. and now we're also looking into conflicts in Nagorno-Karabakh and those kind of blank spots that maybe are mm. not that much reported on a daily basis so we were looking for a way of talking about the issue of poverty and migrant workers and what role they play in the world economy. Mm. So that was the overall background. And then, of course, with the World Cup coming up, and we're since we started as a crowdfunded platform, uh, today you can subscribe. It's sort of like, but we are very used to crowdsource but Mm. not only money but also knowledge and maybe find ways of reaching out to a broader audience and then we for three years ago had a very intriguing meeting together with Patrick Arneson who is one of the founders of the football app Forza Football Mm -hmm. 
And since they are also interested in issues of human rights, although they may be work on that issue on a more activistic level, we do journalism. But it was obvious that we could do something together. And they also have a new crowd for us. They have two million football fans who use their mm -hmm. app all over the world. And that would be some sort of new audience for us as well. But um, Forza was also interested in journalism and also um, have worked a long time with these kind of issues on corruption within FIFA, equal salaries within the football field and, and all those kind of issues. So we mm. saw really what we could do together. And what we then do is, of course, send people out, boots on the ground, as Martin Shibi, the editor mm -hmm. of Chief, always talks about. So he coordinated the team of local journalists in Bangladesh, Nepal, and India to really mm. find out and get perspectives and go beyond the statistics, uh, because those figures of how many have deceased or not, um, it's not really, you're not coming anywhere, especially not when you have Qatar that on one hand say three maybe, and then you have this article that has been quoted so many times that the Guardian made with mm. 6,500 deceased migrant workers. So we wanted to go beyond that and really um, show mm. the people behind the statistics. So that work has been going on for um, two years then, two and a half years, and both together with local journalists. And then finally, when the pandemic restrictions made it possible, uh, Martin Shibi uh, was able to travel to Nepal to meet mm. uh, some of the families, to some of the uh, migrant workers that have deceased while working as migrant workers in Qatar and thus being part of building the infrastructure in uh, this World mm. Cup that we have just seen. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we're just recording this on the evening that Argentina have been confirmed as the World Cup winners. And um, I have to just say, just applaud you guys because you've got such a clever way of articulating these stories. And it's been, I think for us as a podcast, we've kind of felt like at the end when we do our little call outs of the cards of Qatar, we kind of find ourselves emotionally like downtrodden because of the stories like it's brings it to life so massive kudos to you and your team because it's amazing so yeah and thank you to you we i think it's really special although we have tried to to get this podcast recorded earlier but somehow mm. it, it's really beautiful to do is on this evening and yeah. I, we would like to thank you and what happened with uh, how we then decided to to tell the story is as you said through football cards and that is then as i also had a time to parallel as this long time of of, find, of finding these stories what mm. verifying the stories and translating the stories yeah. etc uh, we had time and that is not always the fact that you have time to think about how should we then communicate and tell these mm. stories and then it was sometimes the really easiest ideas uh, do um, mean a lot and going mm. 
to think of the football cards is, is not far-fetched at all. Uh, yeah, I mean, exactly. using football cards with the statistics of players and then um, do that instead with facts of some of the migrant workers seemed like such an easy and, and natural thing to do. And mm. uh, we were really careful with every little detail on the cards that it shouldn't be that it should be very similar to the traditional football cards, but it should also show them and their family a huge respect. And what you can do is that on the back of the card, you find the short story. And then if you go to cardsofqatar.com, every single story is in a longer version where you mm. can find out more about this person and his family or her family. Yeah. So, and and also the digital cards. Of course, the dream situation would have been to be able to print them and have them in every store or all, all over yeah, the world where right. the Panini cards are sold. But um, the digital cards where you could flop the, flip them on the site, mm. etc., has meant a lot and has been hugely visited and we have had readers all over the world and the cards have had their own life we were so happy when we heard that you were reading one uh, in each of your podcasts and there has been manifestations and the cards have been printed out and mm. used in churches and people have uh, really talked about the issue about migrant workers they've had printed them out and had the posters or at museums yeah. and had talks and discussions on how to address the issue of migrant workers and mm. better conditions for them. So then we really feel that we have, we have been, we did something that could be one part in the discussion and we do journalists, all the people who work with human rights and have done so for many, many years. Some of them really appreciated the cards and found them and mm. used them. And that is beautiful to see. Even schools yeah. discuss that and use it when they talk about human rights. Yeah, no, I have to say I've seen some of the promos that have come out about your work as well. And just to see it even like in places like you say, at schools, but also I've seen it in art exhibitions, people mm. printing them off. And it's, it's been beautiful to kind of see that because I think that just goes to kind of reaffirm what great work that you've done um so i'm gonna probably ask you the most difficult question which is how hard was it for you to kind of find these stories and verify them because i remember at the time obviously qatar weren't as you um, alluded to was the fact that they weren't very open and transparent with the information especially around the migrant deaths so I appreciate you've said it's on a local level, but I assume even then that was so difficult to get to the detail and, as you say, verify it. Yeah, and that is something really on a detailed level that I can't answer since I was mm. not involved in that part of in that part of the work. But what I do know is that it it's really um, also the the eyes on. Qatar and and also the pressure overall has also led to in some aspects there that some changes have come around so uh, what was also um, possible to do for example in Nepal you you can uh, you get these official documents where when uh, 
the deceased migrant worker is sent back to, for example, mm -hmm. Nepal. Uh, there are records that you can then, uh, so you go to different authorities and so on, and then you do your regular work with triple checking your facts mm -hmm. and also um, meeting families, having local journalists you work with that can, uh, there were so many language barriers as well because there are many different uh, local versions of different languages and so on. Mm. So that was the, the network of local journalists were, of course, very important as, as often in, in journalism of this kind. But more, mm. more than that, um, it's really unfortunate, but Martin Fibi, the editor of Chief, was not able to do this interview. But no. that was something we, we really worked hard with, of course, because you cannot do this kind of work without really uh, being sure that you... Mm. Well, the one thing that definitely resonates with me is when you read these stories, a lot of them seem to be affiliated with heart failure. And what I wanted to ask you from your point of view is, do you think this was just an easy way out for Qatar to kind of blame it on heart failure? Because there were so many, when I'm reading the cases, you're like, this doesn't seem like heart failure. There's something that's been, it feels like it's been covered up and I'm sure we'll go into it in a bit more detail. But if we just talk about the individuals here, did you feel like a lot of them were just being covered up by this excuse? Well, well, it, it, it's almost because many times there is not even that. It's just that uh, the, the that you cannot even say why some someone mm. died, and they are quite young and quite healthy persons yeah. when they travel to Qatar, and then this sudden death. Uh, uh, what what we do know, and and uh, even I, who has not on a detailed level been involved in the journalistic aspects of cards of Qatar. It's, uh, uh, I mean, the heat and yeah. what that does to your body when you work so hard, so long. And uh, uh, if you're dehydration and the combination of everything. And, and some of the, um, some of them have really been working very, very hard and for many, many years. And uh, so absolutely that there are so many levels in the, in the, checking of and the possibilities and that's why also the families we met were so happy at actually at one moment when we had this draft of what the cards would look like that's when martin chibi went to nepal and met the families mm. and then suddenly I especially, then I suddenly realized what if they absolutely do not like this way of having their uh, sons or uh, or um, partners mm. um, shown in this manner, but they really appreciated and they appreciated and thought it was a very dignified way of, of mm. showing their story and they hoped to get more answers because they had many questions still. And uh, if uh, one uh, looks into some of the interviews Martin Shibi has done, uh, he has some wonderful stories from when he met uh, people to some of them who are on the cards uh, and, and really uh, appreciated the work we did in highlighting them. But unfortunately, still, uh, there is not answers to uh, more of these stories. We hope to be able to go to Qatar after the World Cup now. And then definitely Martin has made promise to them families 
that have covered on the cards to try to find out more what really happened on these different workplaces. Mm. He knows where they um, were at the time of their death. Yeah. And for you, was there any particular stories that have struck or stuck a chord with yourself? Because, I mean, I know one or two that have been read on our podcast, I kind of went into stunned silence, I think. And I, I kind of put myself thinking, what if that was me? What if that was my family? And I, I can't imagine what pain a lot of these families are going through, um, yeah. especially the ones that haven't got specific answers. Um, where like this excuse is being labeled it you know one of them was around strangulation which I found really disturbing for example um, especially when the family alluded to the fact that you know a week beforehand you know there was no kind of symptoms or feelings around this kind of person having these kind of suicidal thoughts yet that's what it was kind of tarnished as so have there been any particular ones that have struck with yourself now, I think, as, as you say, uh, first of all, the suicide aspects, that it's also something that we will uh, uh, write more about now when the World mm. Cup is over, the long-term effects of being away for your family, from your family for such a long time. Mm. And then often when you come back, um, um, you, uh, there are many uh, uh, suicides amongst migrant workers, so that's an issue we really want to look into, and and what that does with yourself when you're away and also living in that kind of a country as Qatar is, uh, it's it's um, in many ways just um, a, a very extreme world uh, or country, and then you come back to your own reality uh, after these uh, very hard ways of working and being mm. uh, seeing your whole family uh, grow up and, and so on. And one of the stories that really stuck to me is also some sort of behind-the-scenes information about how, how you talk to your child about the fact that your father or your mother mm. uh, has deceased and how you can use your phone to maybe for a while pretend like the mother or father is still texting and so on mm. and then you really realize it, it's such a something we use on an everyday basis for quite another form of communication and then that can be used for a short period of time to pretend until you are ready as a mother or father um, and and for integrity reason i will not tell what story but those kind of aspects yeah. really tells us the the many dimensions behind every person that we have highlighted and we hope to get more stories and we did not get it during this time now but i think mm. the site will still be up and it takes time to verify the stories but we will still keep on telling uh, the stories of migrant mm. workers and in qatar but also other countries um, yeah Mm. yeah um i mean this is the one thing that i wanted to kind of ask you as well because um hassan al tawadi who's the qatar secretary general he used the slogan of unrivaled opportunities and i wanted to kind of put this to you in kind of 
the information that you've seen and over the period of time, do you think conditions have improved in Qatar for migrant workers or do you think we've just been brainwashed because it certainly like I was expecting a lot more stories to come out as soon as the tournament started but then we started to hear rumors of these migrant workers being sent home like just plainly being sent home just to ensure that these stories never crept up and I think for the first week of the tournament we started to see almost the silence of FIFA as well. And that started to raise alarm bells for me personally. So do you, do you feel that anything has improved in Qatar? Are we giving it an injustice or is there just a cover-up completely of the conditions in Qatar? Now, I, I, I absolutely believe that a lot um, or some something has changed. The big issue is will this continue to mm. uh, evolve to, to a better place? But of course, the, the focus on Qatar and the situation for migrant workers in Qatar during these more than 10 years has led to some improvements. And uh, we have covered some of the stories and we made, besides of the cards, we did a lot of regular articles and also long form uh, reportages from Nepal. And uh, Martin Chibi did three uh, long form pieces from Nepal that Mm. also are published in English. And that really shows both the development, but also the, the, the complex issue of trying to find a way out of poverty and where uh, the, 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 the desire to work in a country like Qatar is still something you have in mind as one and maybe one of your few opportunities to, to uh, come out of your poverty and you see people standing in line that have Uh, uh, relatives or friends that have not come back. So this is a complex issue we still need to focus on and and be sure to constantly work for improving the standards for for migrant workers. So let's let's talk about FIFA then, um, because the good work that Martin and your team have done is you sent some cards out to not only FIFA, but also the sponsors themselves. To date, have you had any response from the sponsors or FIFA? No, um, the the sponsors, the only one that answered was Adidas and they um, then referred to that um, uh, these kind of official answers that it it Mm. has had been, uh, that they (laughs) were relying to the partners, they were in contact with but otherwise no answers and and uh, uh, the same with fifa but this is also an issue that we will continue to to do our we also did some surveys where we had um, uh, over 30000 people answering their thoughts on fifa and how they thought of uh, fifa and the relation to human rights and that also was something that they responded and uh, wanted to comment, but then they wanted to take um, a look into the whole survey. And that's a classic way of not answering, but asking for more information. (laughs) But once they got more information, we still did not get any answers. 
and yeah. uh, I know that the the journalism all uh, journalists also ask for interviews uh, with FIFA, but have not gotten any response. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Um, yeah. I was going to say, obviously, sports washing has certainly become a theme before the World Cup. So there's a good documentary on Netflix at the moment, which yeah. kind of highlights how that was kind of brought about because you've got examples of 78 in Argentina. And I think even prior to obviously Qatar, we've had examples of Russia as well, for example. And I think the fear factor is we've got also rumours around Saudi Arabia potentially being a future host World Cup, which we know obviously has a certain hard line on certain issues that are related to also migrant workers as well. So, I mean... Yeah, even worse conditions than in, yeah, in Qatar. This is it. The, the focus has not been on them as much in on the migrant worker situation. Yeah. Exactly. So I was going to ask you, I mean, do you think from this, the attitude that we've got so far from FIFA, do you expect there to be maybe a change in maybe how they maybe vet like these nations going forward? Because obviously I feel like Qatar was very unexpected to a large degree for a lot of people, but it feels like FIFA are just greedy. They are looking at one thing principally, and that is the money sum. And that principally bought that World Cup to Qatar. So... Do you think things will change at FIFA or are we kind of in make-believe and, you know, pigs are flying still at the moment? <laughs> well, I am somehow optimistic and I and we do live in times where there are fewer and fewer dinosaur organizations. <laughs> and that might be naive, but what has been very promising and, and due to the fact that we have been so very busy with talking and, and um, um, distributing our cards and making a lot of interviews. So we have not been able to really sum up what happened, but what is really interesting and it's also linked to your question about the future is the fact that Time magazine made an interview where that really focused on that something is going on here. And they also interviewed Martin Shibi in that the day before yesterday. So two days just before mm -hmm. the, the World Cup ends. And that story led also to an interview with Reuters with Martin Shibi and really a huge audience and um, many new magazines wrote about cards of Qatar just the day before the World Cup ends and really pointing to the future of the situation for migrant workers. And I would say that that's a, some sort of small sign of mm. the fact that because that's also one of the aspects that I was intrigued of finding a way to help football fans to, to show their social engagement and their engagement in human rights. Because, of course, football fans are like, there are a lot of people within the football community that also are engaged, of course, in human mm -hmm. rights. And we, we see these social movements all over the world around issues. We have seen that happening in discussions around football and hate speech online or racism mm. and so on. So to ignite that um, uh, would not be that hard. And I think 
still, even though, as you said in the introduction, that the interest for the and the focus of migrant workers were a lot in the beginning, it still is, I think we will remember this World Cup and the strong discussion about political aspects during the whole World Cup in a way you did not see when you have had huge sport events in, in Russia mm. or in China that really then faded totally. I would say that that has been more uh, alive during the whole World Cup. And maybe I'm have, I have a very Western European view here, but at least it's not only in Sweden. That's at least yeah. our view of it right now. But... Mm. Please bear in mind, we have not really had time to analyze it. And you can be so in your own echo chamber. Cha cha mm, somehow, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I was going to ask you, Britt, obviously a lot of fans that have experienced Qatar have kind of instigated or said that actually life down there hasn't been that bad. You know, the stories that they were told before going out there is completely the opposite. And they've actually enjoyed the World Cup and how open the culture is in terms of the hospitality they've received as well. Do you think that only touches the surface because you can get warm people from any nation, really? But I think obviously, it just highlighted a different world to a lot of these people that probably haven't seen the Middle East and how they don't go about their normal lives because i appreciate even my mom she had experience in libya she went out there for nursing and she said incredible people you know she loved the people but you know there was some interesting elements that she would say not the same as what we experience in the western world as well so what would you say to people that kind of say things like the what we're highlighting with the cards of qatar and say that's not really necessarily the truth or don't don't believe it what, what would you say to those people um well first of all since i have not been in qatar uh, myself uh, and and not during the world cup either um what i what i see as the the common component and when you think when you just have seen the the final game it 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 really at the end of the day, it shows the passion of football. And our mm. Cards of Qatar was never aimed at not continuing to share the passion for football. And of course, that must be also the fact that it was these kind of, uh, you have two of the superstars within football that are um, um, the top nominated in the, in the end of the game and so on. And that can, of course, be seen as something that Qatar probably is very happy for how the World mm. Cup turned out um, as some sort of regular and very very historical final game as well that a lot of people will remember forever. How, however, I I think one must have been blind if you don't see the other aspects, and it has been mm. a. a, a a bother all time for and and the mix of having the political discussions and then watching the games and the, i i think that is something that people still have seen and and i mean you you are in a country where it's extremely expensive and it's a lifestyle that i do mm. think that people reflect over 
and and think how <laughs> how things have how is this possible it's a very small country and how has these hotels and the infrastructure been built and so on i do think mm. that the general awareness and insight of the migrant the situation of migrant workers and their conditions have been highlighted and in a way that um really shows that you should continue to do that and and follow mm. the the development of um, um, what goes on in in the next World Cup or in any sports game and so on and and even if I didn't answer your question that clearly about FIFA but I do think that time is uh, is out for that those kind of organizations that do not find a, a really sustainable long-term way of working and ensuring human rights i'm not one and one and once you choose to put your uh world cup or any other sports game in a country uh where uh human rights uh, are under development to to ensure that um um, is uh, making all these plans and realizing this World Cup or this sports game in in mm. any sports that that should um, be a way of improving them without being a political uh, sports organization, but also not supporting dictatorship or what it might be. Qatari, I'm not Arab. I'm not African. I'm not gay. I'm not disabled. I'm not really a migrant worker but I feel like them because I know what it means to be discriminated this is it and I, I wanted to get your own opinions on Gianni Infantino because I feel like he has gone missing in this tournament especially in those first week where suddenly there was a change in terms of you can't have alcohol in the stage, which is fine. You know, we respect the culture, but then also the elements of you can't wear rainbow colored flags or you can't have those elements on your kits. For example, they wanted the Belgium kit, for example, to be removed because on the back of the collar, they've got, you know, rainbow colors, which no one could see unless you actually getting changed into one. But for me, Infantino just comes across as very weak and being blinded by the fact that he's got dollar signs in the distance and he knows he'll get that to make sure that he continues the growth of the organization in the financial sense as opposed to the morale sense um what's your personal thoughts on infantino because yeah i think there's been a lot of backlash to how he's kind of commandeered himself over this tournament yeah but i would say that that's one of the aspect that you really see that things that have been said and uh, and and also the aspects of there must be a way where you can talk about this issue and see the development without making it um look like you do not want support the the the, the football mm. passion and i think what happened after his uh whatever it's called the first speech when it was um 
Well, how do you say when it started or I guess. Yeah, it's like a conference, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 That sort of also opened a discussion where you saw it was somehow like so many football players themselves that maybe have been silent for a long time try to vocalize how they how they thought of the possibility to keep on playing but still mm. be able to stand up for basic human rights and and i think that is something that is that's been really ignited even stronger during this world cup and i think that is an issue that hopefully will be continued to be discussed and and i am in many ways still very optimistic because it seems like things have changed mm. uh, more than we might have thought on beforehand because we really thought it would be go on exactly like it's been in in regions where um world cups um have been conducted before and then or the olympics and everything is just you only focus on the sports but here really the the question has it's been so many issues that has been highlighting yeah. it con constantly yeah definitely and i think the one scene from the world cup that i can kind of vividly say that took a stance was the german national team when they did the cover-up of their mouth um that for me was just an image that will stick with me for a long time i think as a kind of stance although it wasn't maybe going far enough potentially um i think given the circumstances that was very brave of the national team to have actually done that um, given the build-up to that period as well because there's a lot of talk about you know nations wearing armbands and then not being able to because otherwise they were fearful of getting a yellow card which seems unjust when you're talking it's a sporting scenario not a political scenario and these yeah. players to an extent yeah. shouldn't have to but I think they've all got their own beliefs as well. And I'm sure some of them might regret not going that further yard, I feel. Mm. So mm. Let, let, let's talk about what happens with Cards of Qatar now going forward and what, what does the future hold, I suppose. So your, your work is going to continue, as you alluded to. Um, but what, what can fans do to help you continue this kind of work as well, more importantly? Well, they could absolutely keep on reading the stories if they haven't had the time yet to go mm. to Cards of Qatar and both see the, the stories of the migrant workers and the long-form uh, reportages that really show the, this complex issue. And then we want to find more cases of migrant workers and we'll continue reporting and we will, uh, Martin Shibi will continue to uh, try to get to Qatar um, so he can um, follow up his promise also to the migrant, mm. to the families of the migrant workers to understand more uh, on what really happened uh, to their uh, loved ones. And then also look into, as you said, other regions where the issues of the migrant workers are not as well known. And but maybe we even travel easier to Saudi Arabia, for example, mm. than to, to Qatar, maybe uh, if you look on, on regular tourism and so on. And um, and also um, continue to follow this this issue and what has been 
lovely and maybe it's some some something about the physical cards or the the, the physical cards where uh, we only did that in Sweden in a very limited edition but that was really wonderful to see them next to the panini cards in a convenience yeah. store chain in Sweden so they were handed out for free there and that's what has led to a lot of Swedish schools working with the cards because they went to that convenience store and got themselves a small package and and discussed and have had wonderful they have dived into the story of different migrant workers and have them talked about them in school and then talked about rights of workers and the human rights and that's that's beautiful but we have also heard from other movements in the world that want to do that for different parts of the world it has been in iran and in nigeria and mm. and that's something that is just beautiful that people uh, like how we um, shows this manner of, of highlighting uh, this difficult issue. Uh, so that's really, really interesting to see. Personally, I think it's hard to see the cards in something that is not linked to actual football cards. But on the other hand, the Nepalese family, they were used to cricket cards. So that's why they yeah. love the football cards as well. <laughs> So that it probably can be used to, and what we do, our content is always published under a Creative Commons license. So if one is an NGO, please just use our texts and use them in a way as long as they credit us and, and yeah. don't mix, remix the content. Uh, and that's a good way of letting our content be used in, in a context that can mm. help people that work with these kind of issues. So that we we look forward to really also follow up on all these mails from different organizations and different questions about uh, if they could use the format in some way. So um, yeah, no, that is beautiful. No, I have to yeah. say, I, I do hope, and I might, might sound a bit granddad-ish when I say this, but I would love there for your content to be in a textbook in the future. I'm sure it'll be more digital, to be fair, than it is a textbook, but it'd be nice for people in the future to be able to look back at this period and actually look at the work that you have done and kind of reflect that actually there was a different side to this whole World Cup piece as well. Um, just for the benefit of those that are watching as well as those that are listening, we'll make sure we put the Cards of Qatar details at the end of this recording so they can find your work as well. Um, but before I can conclude, uh, Britt, I wanted to ask you a kind of two segue questions, I suppose. Uh, the first one being is what, what do you think the legacy of the Qatar World Cup is? And the second part is what do you think the legacy should be? <laughs> so we start with the legacy what the legacy is and yeah. um, I think oh, um, this is really as said that this is uh, before analyzing everything but I think the this is also the night of uh, this really exciting final game. 
And uh, so on one level, the legacy will be that magic game where a lot of Messi fans all over the world finally saw him uh, win the World Cup. That That is, yeah. of course, uh, a very important legacy and also the beginning of and or the uh, yearn for Mbappe to have his in the future because he has a long career ahead of him although he he missed it today yeah and those kind of aspects of it but that this might be very um, also based on myself having worked and looked at the game at the same time I do think that the politics is part of the legacy as well, uh, mm. with a huge reservation that I do think that has been in a lot of the Western European countries. But if I only focus on what happened in Sweden, there were times where even I, although I work with cards of Qatar, thought that I'm so curious. And speaking of it, you make me realize that this is what blank spot should do. We really need to talk with a lot of football viewers. How did they perceive this World Cup? Because I thought at times, oh my God, when are they going to talk about the game we're about to watch? <laughs> because they talked so much about the other issues that might be uh, a Swedish aspect, but for a period I was in Germany and also in uh, Austria the last mm. uh, these last weeks. So I don't know. Yeah, so, no, definitely. Uh, yeah. I think just to give yeah. you a perspective of the UK, we yeah. saw a lot of it being kind of being part of the intro. So, for example, um, the ITV channel, for example, didn't show the opening ceremony and only went to the football straight away. Yeah. Uh, they didn't want to give it the time. But also um, Gary Lineker, who's the famous uh, England ex-striker, he kind of, as part of his intro, said around the theme of, we are here, but only on sporting grounds, not on the other side on the other political kind of points as well um and he kind of almost with every kind of episode in terms of the football that took place he kind of had a little bit that kind of instigated this kind of thought process but i think towards the end it got a bit more kind of footballing style and therefore i think at least it was highlighted at the very beginning um, for a lot of football fans, that got a bit irritating because they didn't necessarily believe yeah. that they should be highlighted. But I think on the whole, it was generally kind of well received, certainly in the UK. So it was yeah. one of those that I feel like we, we still don't believe half of the stories that have come out. And we think there's still more hiding in the background. And yeah, I'm hoping we hear a lot more as this kind of World Cup concludes, really, I suppose. Um yeah. So, yeah, I suppose it'll be interesting to see what this legacy actually turns out to be. But I'm hoping it's a fruitful kind of maybe just a kind of thought process around how maybe World Cups are awarded in future and maybe a bit more antagonizing around the organization and how people should be treated. Definitely. Is no, the legacy, the legacy should be and, and must be that... Um, these kind of corrupt organizations are, um, they need to be questions and we need, and 
and football players should uh, use their voices more. Uh, mm. they, uh, they have a huge opportunity and it doesn't mean that you go political in a sense. What you do is that you represent human rights and yeah. you should be, you really should, it, it's obsolete to run those kind of organizations in that way. And, and mm. really, um, I, I hope that will be the, the legacy of this World Cup as well, that we have gotten too many signs that things need to be changed. Once again, a lot of people would say, but that doesn't mean that we can change it now. It's, a, it's about time and it's obvious you, you need to take responsibility uh, as we do in all other aspects. We live in a global world, everything is interconnected. We need to uh, take responsibility together. And I think that could also be the legacy of this. I think more has changed than I thought would be possible when we started for three years ago. Although we saw when we talked with unions and so on that have been supporting and trying to help and so on, let's follow up. Journalism can do their part to keep on looking at these kind of issues even when the World Cup is over and the people that work with human rights should continue to do their work and not forget about the migrant workers in Qatar just because the game is over now. Mm, no, definitely. Well, Britt, absolutely amazing to have you on this episode. Many thanks really just for giving up your time to talk us through that and up It'd be great if maybe in six months or a year's time we can maybe pick this up and kind of yeah. work out what the legacy is and maybe mm -hmm. answer if we've got any more kind of answers to the migrant workers and what the true state is. I mean, that'd be beautiful if we could actually kind of conclude it and give it a bit more justice. I think that's the key word here is justice, really. So thank you very much for your time. And um, all I can say is people make sure you look at the cards of Qatar. So Many thank you to Brit. And thank you. And uh, as said, we appreciated so much that you found us and that you really highlighted and showed that respect to the migrant workers that uh, were part of uh, the building of Qatar. Thank you very much. If you would like to learn more about the work and stories from Brit and the team at Blank Spot, visit www.cardsofguitar.com